All right, well, good morning, everyone. I invite you to take your seat. We're going to get started here. I, I want to get started by reading part of Psalm 34. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor girl cried out and the Lord heard her and saved her out of all her troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Lord, this morning, we want to taste and see that you are so, so, so good. You're so good, Lord. You're so good, Lord. We just come here this morning to bless your name on high. We want to bless your name on high this morning because you are good and your mercy endures forever. We invite you, Holy One, to come habitate the praises of your people, Lord God, today. We invite you here today, Jesus, King Jesus. You are the honored guest here this morning. Yes, Lord. Oh, taste and see that the 
Bye. 
to his banqueting house. His banner over us is love. Banner over us is love. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For you have, you have paved the way, and you say, come away.
There is no 
defeated all my shame it was finished at the
the dream, I was in a car. I was on the main street of the town that I grew up in going in high school. And there was a mob of people out on the main street and there was a lot of chaos. And I'm in this car and I'm looking at the chaos and this feeling wells up inside of me. And the feeling is somebody out there needs the gospel. Somebody is gonna get saved. And I got out of the vehicle and I began to talk with people. All morning long, I've been thinking about the blood of Jesus and the redemptive factor of his blood. And I wanna I want to read to you from Luke 4, 18 and 19, well, 4, 16 through 27, because Jesus purchased something, but he also came as someone. He came as a substance of heaven. He came as the Father, the very substance of the Father. And it says here, he says, it came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue of the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him by random choice. <laughs> Maybe that was the only one they did on the Sabbath, but by random choice, the scroll of Isaiah was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Come on. This substance is alive inside of us. If the Holy Spirit is alive inside of you, the substance of the book of Isaiah is alive inside of you. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the people in the synagogue were intently directed at him. He had their full focused attention. Can you imagine looking on the beloved one after he steps up and speaks a word that fulfills the very prophecy of Isaiah? This isn't just any prophecy, but this is the acceptable, favorable year of the Lord. I used to think that that was limited to one year, but I've grown beyond that, and I've learned that the acceptable year of the Lord, the favorable, acceptable year of the Lord is this, that you are favored, you are beloved, you have a place in the Father, and that cannot be taken away. This morning I was having a conversation with one of my friends, and he was speaking a lot from the woundedness of his heart, but I knew that it was just woundedness speaking. So out of the favorable acceptance of the Lord, I continue to speak back to him the gospel because he needs the truth. We need the truth because it sets us free. They began to, to look at him and go, but wait a minute, isn't this just Joseph's son? Right? They began to compare him to what they knew naturally. But then he stands up and he says this. He says, today in your hearing, this prophecy has been fulfilled. And in that moment, a division happened in that synagogue. It's the same kind of division that I saw between two men in Brazil this year. But a beautiful outreach. Many of you saw the pictures of it where we're giving out handbags to those that were in the community. They were involved in some very, very questionable things. Two men came in that day they both received gift bags. They were both given the beautiful gospel of deliverance of the captives. But there was two different responses that day. 
there was a heart of religion. I've experienced something like this before and I don't want it. And then there was another one whose heart was deeply moved by what was going on. They both went away with gift bags, but one, only one, went away with the gift of Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is here this morning and his presence is so strong and able to reach right into our hearts and provide even us believers with what we need. We need his presence because there's a dying world out there that doesn't know him, that doesn't know the love that he has. And we carry the substance of heaven, the very presence of God, whether it's a chaotic environment, whether it's somebody who's spewing out from the own hurt and woundedness of their empty soul, or it's somebody who's been given the gospel and they say, I want it. I want this Jesus. This morning as we, as we consider the elements, we are reminding ourselves and we are being reminded that there is the body of Jesus and there's the blood of Jesus. In the body of Jesus, it was broken on our behalf. Jesus became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. We could become, we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. We are all becoming the righteousness of God in Christ because he became sin. And the blood of Jesus was shed for us so that our consciences could be cleansed. If I were to ask you, how many of you have struggled with a guilty conscience? All of us would raise our hand at, at one time. But because of the blood of Jesus, our consciences are cleansed. So as we partake of the elements and we set them apart, what we're doing is we're setting ourselves apart and I'm saying personally, Jesus, your body was broken for me and I'm becoming the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus, the blood that you shed for me cleanses my conscience and it doesn't matter anymore what was from the past because it doesn't belong in the future. And I love the song that was sung. When I look in your eyes, Father, I don't see any more shame or condemnation. I see who I am. And each and every one of us have the privilege of being here this morning and listening online. We have the privilege of hearing the truth because it's the truth that sets us free. Even if it's just enough to go, I believe God is kind. He's got a, a gift bag for me that's full of things that I need and they're gonna take care of me. But when I go away with this gift bag, his kindness, I also go away with his presence. So as you consider the elements this morning, you are considering the kindness of God that leads you to repentance and the body of Christ that heals you and is actually making you into the image of God by faith. Take a moment and consider these things, amen? Amen.
sisters, we take these elements this morning. We just praise you and thank you, Lord God, for this beautiful day. And thank you that we are your beloved. And you're my beloved. You're our beloved. We are your beloved. What a privilege it is, Lord God. What a beautiful honor and privilege it is to sit at your feet. What a beautiful honor and privilege it is, Lord God, to be able to be used by you according to Luke 4, 18 and 19. We thank you, Father, that we walk in the fullness of that revelation more and more and more. And we give ourselves to you. We dedicate ourselves to you today. And we say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, send me. Here I am, use me. Here I am, covered in your blood. Here I am, blood-bought and righteous before you. Here I am, seeking first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and all things shall be added unto me. I just thank you, Lord God, for the privilege of knowing that the kingdom of God is at hand. Righteousness, peace, and the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for your righteousness, for the right standing right now. We thank you that you're bringing us into line, into alignment with all that you've paid for. We praise you, God, that on this very day that you emphasize the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and you release the spirit of love and grace and mercy and peace. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all the benefits of who you are. Thank you, Lord. We praise you today. We give our lives to you afresh and anew again today. We thank you, Father, that you set us free. You set us free. You set us free. That's what we're shouting about, Lord God. That's nothing quiet in our hearts. We thank you, Father, that as we go, we will preach the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. We thank you, oh God, that you tell us as we go, preach and heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. Freely, freely we've received. Now freely give. Father, we stand on these words. We declare them, we decree them, and we live in them wholeheartedly today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. What a beautiful, beautiful morning. Amen. I believe Carly's coming up with something. About 100 hours with Ashley. Rachel. Amen. So if you don't know, we are in the midst of 100 hours of worship and prayer. It started last night at midnight, and it will go through Thursday at 4 a.m. So every night uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. and also from 2 to 4 a.m., we have live worship here. And you can see in the back there's prayer stations to cover various areas of society that we know are on God's heart. So we invite you to come in, and when you do come in, we ask that you would sign 
sign in and um, just pray for, for, for those things that, that are out there and anything else that God places on your heart. And there's also journals. We ask that if there's anything specific God puts on your heart, a scripture, a vision, a word for that area, then uh, we ask that you write those things down in the journals so we can have a record of what God was specifically speaking during this time. So it's a really beautiful time to just come in and uh, grow in intimacy with our Lord and to hear his voice and to partner with him in prayer to bring his kingdom to earth. So we welcome you to join us for that. And Rachel is coming to tell us about Freedom Cry. Michelle is coming also. I'm going to let her start. All right, good morning, everyone. <laughs> um, so you should all be receiving this lovely, beautiful brochure. Um, and before we share testimony from an amazing outreach we had last week, we want everyone to be aware of a very special, oh, this is the wrong flyer. You should be getting a flyer about Freedom Cry. <laughs> Ashley's passing them out right now. Look at things before you talk about them, I guess. Um, so everyone say February 25th. 9 a.m. to 4 p.m amazing event that we're having at our church called Freedom Cry. This is our seventh annual Freedom Cry. You do not want to miss this, and you want to invite as many people as possible. This is sponsored by our ministry, Frontline Ministries, and then Redemption for Life, which is the anti-human trafficking and social justice, the way God sees it, arm of Frontline Ministries. And um, it's a day of promoting awareness and action to combat human trafficking, which is taking place right here in our backyard and also overseas. And it's been an amazing, every year we're just blown away by who God brings in to, to share, by how God is glorified, by how we lift up his name and he provides so much um, helpful information, but just it's, it's Jesus' perspective on, on freedom from human trafficking, freedom for those who are vulnerable, freedom for those in our communities, and, and what we can do to help. So you want to be there the entire day. We um, are going to hear from an overcomer of human trafficking. We're going to hear from people in various uh, sectors of the community, including law and, and social um, welfare and all of that. So don't miss it. Be there the whole day. It will be 100% worth your time and, and invite those, whether they're a believer, whether they're not a believer. People have been so touched by this day. People who were kind of, you know, a Christian but pretty lukewarm have, have come to this and just been so inspired in their faith and not just for the issue of human trafficking, but just in their faith and what God can do. Um, and we also want to share just about 
Jesus, his light is piercing the darkness in our community. His light is going into some of the most wicked, dark places. And our Redemption for Life outreach team had an opportunity last week to go to some adult-oriented clubs where there's just a lot of vulnerable people. And for the sake of children, that's all I'm going to say. But places in our community where we've been going for years and we've been going and bringing gifts and bringing meals and, and just sharing about the gospel and who Jesus is with very vulnerable people, both men and women. And we have seen so much fruit come out of this. And um, just this past week, uh, without going into specifics because we're online, but there were opportunities for uh, Pastor Mary Pat to even pray with one of the managers at one of the clubs and his significant other. I mean, God totally opened up that door. You can't even go in these places <laughs> without the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, if you go in in your own strength to these places, people are going to look at you like, what? And this intimidation is going to come, and the enemy's going to laugh. But when we go in with the power covered by the blood of the risen Savior and the power and the anointing, the breakthrough, anointing of the Holy Spirit, you, there is no limit to what God can do. And we've seen him over the years create deep relationships with the management of these clubs, with the women who are working in these clubs. We've seen uh, people get saved on the spot at one of the clubs in particular. We've seen multiple, uh, well, a couple of the clubs, but I'm thinking of one in particular where we, we um, shared the gospel with one of the women uh, this past week. And just the entire gospel and who Jesus is and why she needs to know him and she actually had a health issue that she invited us to pray for her right there in the club and she was just really touched by the love of Jesus I've had a little bit of communication with her since then she was just really touched by his love we had another person who where we're, um, we often will meet invite some of the ladies to meet with us outside of uh the club and you know we've had a couple of opportunities in the past of them to just get blessed and just meet in a different environment and um, so we had one particular woman who had expressed to Rachel just a desire to do that that she'd had the worst year of her life this past year and and she knew this was a divine appointment and she wanted so much I believe what we're carrying, which is Jesus, that after we left the club, she actually came running into the parking lot because she wanted to make sure that she got the correct phone number so she could connect. I mean, this is only Jesus who can do this. So we're seeing so much power and so much light break through the darkness. And we ask that you keep us in prayer because we're going regularly to these places and we want to see fruit. We want to see more salvations. We want to have relationship, ongoing relationship um, and just be able to uh, support and disciple a lot of these people. So keep us in prayer. Come to Freedom Cry. And <laughs> I'm just so grateful to the Lord this morning. If everybody can take your Freedom Cry flyer that you just got handed, we're just going to pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the God of the impossible, Father. You are the God of breakthrough, Lord. You are the God of love. We've been worshiping you this morning, Father, and we know that you uh, are the one who changes lives, Father. So we just pray uh, for this Freedom Cry conference. Father, we thank you, Lord, that everything that you want to do in this conference, Father, we welcome you, Lord, to move. We thank you that your presence will be here, Father, that you continually show up, Father, far more than we could even imagine, Lord. So we just pray for your supernatural um, putting together this conference, Lord. We pray in those who are supposed to be here, Father, and we just call out, Lord, those who you are rescuing, Father, in our in our county, Father, and others that we have influence with. Father, we say thank you, Lord, for opening doors and setting the captives free. Amen.
So next we have a video that we would love to share with you. Um, it is about the Gift of Christmas outreach that we had back at the beginning of December. And just then to be able to praise the Lord for what he did, we continue to welcome the guests that are here with us today that were there on the first Saturday, second Saturday of December. And so we just want to continue just to praise the Lord for what he did. So Andy, is that video ready? Creating a new love created, creating each one of them yes. and each one of us. Yes. God, we're just connecting with more of your treasure today. Joyful, joyful Lord, we adore thee. God of glory, Lord of love, and hearts unfold like flowers before thee. Opening to Jesus, I need you. 
I need your forgiveness. Here's my life. This is an emotion. I'm home, Jesus. In your heart. I hear you calling me home. I'm home. I'm home. I've come home. When you say yes to Jesus like this, whether you're seated out there or you're up here, and your heart is saying, I'm coming into your family. I want to know you, and I want to be free. Just anymore in the spirit. If the Lord says, I want you to know it, I want you to believe it, and I want your life to show it. Who wants that for their lives? All of us? So Jesus went to the cross, and he buried, when he was buried, all of our sin, sickness, disease, and torment was buried with him. And when he rose from the dead, three days later, everything was made alive. He is alive. He says you are alive, and he wants your life to show it. Father, I'm hearing the truth tonight. I come into your family. I'm going to transition. We're going to be talking about something that God's doing through uh, a lot of you here in Ghana North. Um, if you've not heard uh, what's happening, we're going to be eventually, we'll get some pictures. It's at nighttime right there, apparently, right now. Um, <laughs> we have had uh, a lot of, it, um, there we go. So we, uh, we've been doing a lot of work with Pastor Samuel in, in Ghana over, I don't know how many years, since two f 1999. 1999, so a long time, long-term partnership and a lot of years to come on this, starting from doing evangelistic outreaches in Ghana and really investing in that, in that area and then moving in kind of basically putting our roots down in the Ghana North in particular, seeing uh, a lot of opportunity for God to move and through that being a station for really doing outreaching through that part of the world. And a lot of what we started is some, some construction and um, we are now doing a major expansion uh, started as about a 2,000 square foot building. Now we're expanding up to almost 5,000 square foot structure. So this stage here, you can see that we have uh, the main structure. All the uh, the concrete work is mostly done. The roof is obviously on. Window bars are in place. So the security bars you, is uh, something in third world countries pretty common. And then the next thing we're it's in process is putting actual windows in so that those will be ordered and um, the window man has come taking his measurements and that's going to be installed. Doors are all in place and electric has been done and then 
then uh, basically getting into the final stretch of things uh, and finishing up the plumbing, uh, getting plumbing fixtures and um, floor tiles and kind of the, the last components. And so it's really, this is amazing what uh, God's done is incredible acceleration of this past year, what's been happening going from basically a small building to major expansion and everything just kind of keeps on moving forward and moving up. Um, so we have a little short video shows a little bit of a walk through on the outside of some of the concrete work. And the, the idea for this is to be a building that's gonna last for a long time and have a lot of ministry opportunities. Uh, for ministry on the site, uh, part of it, if you haven't heard, the vision for it is uh, to, to minister to the area but also have a, a center for long-term for having rescuing children who are in, um, in the traffic situation, work and minister to kids, have a, a center there where they can stay, and then also have schooling on that facility. So there's the rooms in there for having a school, a multi-purpose room for having meals and uh, taking care of the children, as well as having uh, conferences and training up pastors and having school on that property. So there's a lot that's really happening, a lot of vision still moving forward. So if you'd like to partner with us on that, um, that's all. Gunna North is kind of the, the tagline for that. A lot more coming. So keep praying. Thank you for your support. Isn't that cool? Do, do we have a picture, Andy, of a, a long picture of it, or Carl, in the WhatsApp? You can just put that up there. You can see it, you know, because there's a lot of bits and pieces, and you can see the little tiny pictures from Ghana, you know, but it's kind of fun. And it's really exciting because we've had our initial mission base building in there for a number of years, and it's just been morphed, you know, with this, this bigger structure, just gathering around it, building around it. It's very fun. And we still have Kingdom Bible School. And next time we go to Ghana, which will be very shortly, we're in the process of making the plans for that right now. Uh, we'll have another Kingdom Bible School. And then the people who will be coming from all the different branches and such will be able to stay in it instead of staying in tents, which they've done for so many years. So that's really exciting. So I like, they're, they're, they're just going to be blown away. It's like, what? No tent? They'll be able to stay in this building. And with the Kingdom Bible School building structure, you don't see this one. That's still there. We won't be doing Kingdom Bible School in this new building, but we'll have the other building accessible for us. And when Carl's talking about rescuing the children, we have plans to build two children's homes to be able to house the kids. They're not going to live there in that building. But as he said, they'll be facilitated through many programs and different things, whatever God's going to do. Plus, we'll have a school in there, the Mama Vera, who started school down in southern Ghana for the last eight to ten years, um, is actually going to help us get set up and everything. So it's very exciting. It's a big process, and it's been a big process on these 22 acres for many years. A lot of crazy, crazy things that have happened, but God is good, so we're blessed. Pastor Samuel is the overseer, the apostolic overseer of Life Christian Center, and um, today, earlier today, he and Pastor Dan, who is the leader, he's his associate, apostolic associate to Pastor Samuel, but also the leader of a um, village church called Abensu. He and his congregation were at Life Christian Center, the, the mothership, so to speak, and a couple other uh, bases around there, Dobloka, no, I'm not sure who else, and then our leaders from up in the north, from Ghana North. They came down, so Ghana's about... I'm probably off on this, about the size of Ohio, give or take. So it's like going straight up to Cleveland on the lake 
where we are for Sola, which is our northern base, all the way down to Cincinnati. And so if that's, Carl, you can correct me and tell me if there's a better way of explaining it, but I think that helps. Is that a good, good way of doing it? So anyway, they had this great big celebration um, here because the Lord was telling them that stand firm because the enemy's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. And he did for the last eight years. He tried to take the land that they had purchased in 2000 for their current building, Life Christian Center, about eight years ago. Uh, the people that had sold him the land actually came to him and said, sorry, it's not valid anymore. The one that, this is Ghana, the one that um, said that you could have it, he's dead, sorry. So we're selling it to the Chinese. So we're taking it away from you. You need to vacate. So there were a lot of problems with that, you can imagine, a lot of heartache. And during these eight years, there are many ups and downs and a lot of litigation. And after the first four years, because this started in, in um, 2014, everything just started to implode for him. And he's just so humble and kind. And everybody started you know, pulling away and, and leaving. And so they didn't know what to do. They were praying and fasting and waiting on God. So for the first four years, they're just contending for this battle, and they lost in 2018. And so what happened was they, the court said, sorry, we're taking it from you. And so what, during this season, um, people came to him, and they threatened all the people who were in the building. And one day he was telling me, I think it's appropriate to share this now, but one day he was telling me that he's standing behind the pulpit, and these guys, uh, I don't know how many exactly, came with bars and uh, machetes and various rods and things like that to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. So everybody in the whole place left. They left their shoes, they left their Bibles, and they ran out the door because these were hired people. Ghanaian people, not the Chinese, that came to tell them, get out of here, get off the land. So Pastor Samuel looked at all this while everyone left, and he didn't move. He stayed there, and he faced them all. That's persecution. And they started to come and get him, come toward him. And they were stopped by God. And they turned around, and they said, get out of here which he didn't, and he stood his ground. Yeah, that's a big wow. He could have been removed, but the Lord said he's not going to be removed. There's a big plan for his life. is that amazing? All of them turned around. Can I have a big cheer for Jesus for that? It's really big. So, yes. So with that in mind, Pastor Samuel and, and the people, and most of the people ran out. They didn't want to be there. They scared them all. So his Life Christian Center was pared down to pretty much a handful of people. All his leaders left. Everybody left. It's like, you're crazy. We're not doing this. And it wasn't just because of the fear of the people, but just, you know, the enemy came in like a flood. So the very few stayed with him, and they um, actually filed for an appeal. And so the appeal took four years, and everybody thought he was crazy. But they went through the courts, and just in August of this year, they won the appeal. They took it all the way. 
They took it all the way to the Supreme Court in Ghana, and there were three judges in August that ruled that this land belongs to Life Christian Center. And all the people around him are very, are very afraid of him. They, he told me laughing, we were talking about it yesterday, and he said, they just look at me and they, they cower, they don't know, there's some kind of power or something. All the Ghanaians, I said, oh, the Chinese? And he said, oh, no, no, they aren't around at all. But all the Ghanaians, they look at him and think he's nuts. So he is for Jesus and he stood his ground. But he won this battle through prayer and fasting and very strong prayer, very strong fasting and taking on this project for us being the boots on the ground overseas while we're here you know, managing and doing what we're doing and talking this through. And then he'd go up and back, back and forth, back and forth from the north to the south, working with our, our building people up there. So it's quite a big deal. In fact, he met with Reinhard Bonnke before Reinhardt passed down in Florida. Reinhardt saw him uh, in a big sea of people in a church in Florida and looked at him. And the Lord said, meet with this man. So his associate went and found him. So Daniel Kalenda and Reinhard Bonnke met with Pastor Samuel, most unassuming person, but filled with the Holy Ghost and power. And they looked at him and they said, not, not Daniel, Daniel was holding Reinhardt's bags at that time, so he wasn't out in front. But Reinhardt said to him, I know this land, I've been in Ghana, Ghana South, I don't know if he had been to the north, but he said, it's very difficult, don't give up. So he's had that inside of him as well as the spirit of the living God. So we feel privileged to have been given this land from a Muslim chief who then came to know Jesus after that and died because he came to us for healing. He was healed every time we saw him. And then he called here when he was dying and he said, please pray for me. I said, well, you, we've given you the gospel each time and you've been healed each time, chiefy. So this is the time for you to give your life to the Lord. We aren't the healers. We only pray. And then we see results because we pray and because Jesus says so. So he said, I want Jesus. It's like, what? So over the phone, through many different translators and giving the gospel several different ways, this Muslim chief of the area got born again. Amen? And then he did not get healed. He went for his final healing in heaven. And then his wife, a few years later, got healed when we saw her when we were up in Ghana, and she was out at a place. We just got off our bus and went to her, and she got saved. And then a few years later, their son was doing some work on our building, and he got saved. So there is a generational blessing. We've broken through many things by the power of the blood of Jesus in this land. So it's very important to take the time to celebrate what God is doing. So this morning... I, we just got this. Andy just got it. I haven't seen it. So I have no idea. It's Ghana style. It's hard to hear. Just play, play a little bit. Okay. So that's what happened. This is a Thanksgiving worship time to say, Lord, you're so worthy. This is the second time in this building. Because for the last four years, They've been meeting as an underground church. Hear me on them. They've been meeting in one of the classrooms of Mama Vera's school that is attached. 
And so they were hidden, and there were about 15 of them. And on Wednesdays, maybe four or five. So God said, I'm not looking at your number. I'm looking at who you are in my eyes. So this is only the second time in this building in all these years since 2018. That's Pastor Samuel. The first year we call America, that was 1996. And I'm a very In fact, many Amen. So, Father, we just praise you for what you've done, and we thank you for Pastor Semwal, Mama Vera, and Life Christian Center in the north and the south. We thank you, Lord, for this divine connection from 1999 to now. And we thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful God, and you see them through each difficult situation. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for their children who helped sustain them the last four years when they were in this appeal with their finances and us as well. So we thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done pertaining to life and godliness given to them. We thank you that they are great examples of pressing through, of standing in the midst of persecution, of going through hell on earth and saying, no, we stand for who you are and what you've spoken. So we thank you, Lord, for the deliverance of this land and everything, Father, that you are doing in Ghana. Thank you for the privilege of being there, and thank you, Father, that we have your back. You're the one saying, go, kids, go. Thank you, Lord, that we take that whole country for you. In Jesus' name, we ask for your blessing on Pastor Samuel, Mama Vera, and the whole crew, and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that we celebrate with them as they celebrate today for your faithfulness. Amen. Isn't this awesome? Can you believe it? So he, when I was talking to him yesterday, he was saying, oh, we are just like an underground church the last four years because everyone was still afraid. And now their number is up to 60-something just, just since, I think, the August time when people started going back. But they stayed in the, they didn't go into the building just one time. This is only the second time. So it's really great. Amen? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We um, want to show a couple of, couple of other quick things and then release the children. Children, the reason that we want you to see these things is because this is, this is your inheritance. This is legacy being established here. And it's really good for you to be able to hear these things and the teachers also can 
help you understand even more. So very quickly, we have a couple more things, and then we'll release the children. But um, we have some Southeast Asia videos. I haven't heard back. Andy? Well, wait a minute. Let me check Telegram. Okay, I haven't heard back, so let's not show it on live stream, okay? Sometimes we can, usually not. But this is um, Pastor Benjamin and Adriana, and they are up there in Southeast Asia. We'll leave it at that. And there's great persecution in this area of Southeast Asia. There are India, there are many other nations around this area. But this is just over Christmas, what God's doing in this area. Uh, many people are getting saved, healed, and delivered, and it's not just, well, that's nice. It's happening amidst the persecution, and people are coming out. And uh, Pastor Benjamin just can't believe that God is doing everything that he's doing. It's just, he's so amazed. He says, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him and many other things. If you ask him, so what's going on there? You just get a big list of scripture verses and everything. So you're talking to him on the phone is just a hoot because all we do is talk about Jesus and a little bit of this, but all, it's all about Jesus all the time. So I love that. So is there something else? This is the joy of the Lord. one more okay this is a new these these church plants are, are everywhere um, in these regions I'm just being very cryptic here in these regions um, that are are filled with fear and wherever they go the Lord just lets them go through this is the man um, who was incarcerated was in jail and prison for three and a half years and he was persecuted and virtually lost his life many different times to the point of death many different times. So um, we support all that he's doing, and he's led the way in anti-human trafficking as well and rescuing many and starting, you know, a building, starting a, a, having a building that would house many, many young people, uh, and then he was taken into prison. And the Lord, after three and a half years, got him out. He was in three different prisons. So he has suffered for his faith and to the point of being physically almost destroyed. And then the Lord would save him, and then he'd go back, and it would happen again. And so when he came out of this prison, 
he's even more in love with Jesus because Jesus is his rock and the only one that he could connect with. So he had quite a ministry in the prison years. And since that time, his little girl was birthed, and um, you've seen her singing um, Basha. So she's now seven, six, I don't know the exact age right now. Anything else? So he's planting churches all over right now and has uh, 80 missionaries and laborers um, with him, helping him all over the place. There's an example. This is just over Christmas. And he was telling me, giving me the story, which fits into today, of a demon-possessed lady that came to this place and heard all the ministry and was, was touched, obviously, by the power and presence of God. And she started to manifest. I mean, the enemy wanted to make a spectacle of her. So she was doing things that she was doing things that were not good and people were trying to help her. He took off and he just said, Lord, and he prayed for about 10 minutes and he wasn't even there because he had already been there ministry and she was completely set free just from the prayer and the fasting. Amen? So we give praise for that. Is that the last one, Andy? Okay. And then the only other quick one, do you have this one? Yes. Um, we have a children's home in southeast, Asia, um, or in southern India, in Rajamundri, and one of the pastor's kids, this is um, Pastor Prabhaka and Sumati is his wife, and their kids are Cherry, or T. John, T. John T. and Jonina, and one is 17 and one is 15 or 16, and. Um, Jonina is the younger of the two. So they're preaching for the first time, and the mom and dad, Prabhaka, Shanti, and Sumati are sitting next to them. So they're, they're just wonderful leaders, but they're in one of Shanti's churches. So we want you to see this. This is an introduction. They also sing and have various videos, but this is just really great. So this is 17-year-old and almost 18-year-old. We call him Cherry, but I think his name is T... John, they call him John. Hello. How are you all doing today? I wish you all a happy new year. Please open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 to 19. Here in the scripture, see, Chudumu, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Let us pray. Please close your eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time given to me. We invite your Holy Spirit to come and speak with us to understand your word correctly. Please help us and open our eyes to see you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Everybody amen. say amen. <laughs> this is amazing. 
And when we first started this in 2009, um, Jonina was just one or two years old. So, I mean, and, and little Cherry was just a few years older. So this is amazing to see what God's doing. Amen. And lastly, and then I'm going to ask Josh to give a brief word if he's here. Are you here, Josh, today? No? Okay. Um, Pastor Jose sent a few pictures, and then we're going to release the kids. So he sends his greetings to you. Pastor Jerseo from Brazil sends his greetings and love to you and others as well. So we're starting off the new year with a little international thrust. So then we'll go on to some other things. So, so this is Pastor, Sam, Pastor Jose in Mozambique with Mama Linda, his wife on the right, and then Sharon Rose and Samuel, his son, on New Year's Eve. They normally don't take a family photo. This is maybe the first one I've ever seen like this. Can you make these bigger? You really can't. Not so much. It's okay. But he's um, up in Palmyra where the land is with Sunshine Iris Soccer Academy and many different projects that are going on. Um, just, <laughs> there are so many. And so you can see some of all of, much of this I hope is at the table back here of what Pastor Jose is involved with. He's with Iris Global and one of the main leaders there in the southern part of Mozambique. We're very close, and he was here this, this past fall. This is a video that he sent, I think. Is it? Okay. Oh, it's powerful. <laughs> oh, they're ready to take off. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Next. Okay, this is in Masinga and this is one this is a new place that's up near some new land that we purchased north of Palmyra, the Sunshine Iris Soccer Academy. So we're working on what's going to happen up there for the next trip. We'd like to do Kingdom Bible School up in uh, farther north in Palmyra, but he wanted to also show us pictures, you can, yes, of the building where they're putting the roof on now. So this is really cool. So the, the academy is really coming along, and we spent a lot of time this last fall. If you want more information, you can go to somewhere. I don't know where it is. Is it on the website? Okay, and find out the updates. We don't want to take the time right now. And then there's one more picture with his buddies. Well, they're, he's involved in all of the construction and everything, and so they're putting the roof on. So this was just this week. So he sends his, his love and greetings to you as well. Amen? Okay, I think that's the last thing. So, children, you are released to go to kingdom land. Amen? Yeah. Amen. We um, want to draw your attention right now to Luke 4, 18 and 19 again. Can you get my water over there, Troy, please? Luke 4, 18 and 19. I want you to see this because actually when we started Frontline in 95, thank you. Um, this, we asked the Lord for his verses for what he was going to do here. We didn't know what here meant. You know, this is just when we're, we're trying to figure everything out when we had the Goki Bible study and all of that. We had no idea it would be like this at all. And so when we were asking him, he gave us Luke 4, 18 and 19. When we, when we see that or when we hear that and when we speak of it, we never want to lose sight that that is the theme. That's the undergirded theme for Frontline Ministries International. 
every year we were saying, do you, give us, do you have another verse for us? Do you have something else for us? And we heard nothing. So then we finally realized he's saying that is the foundation, that is the cornerstone because you love me so much. Amen? So I want to look at that really quickly because that's the fulfillment of Isaiah 61. And so when the Lord speaks to us about making beauty for ashes and he speaks to us that the spirit of the Lord has come upon me, this is all in Isaiah 61. Everything was being looked forward to. So when Jesus was reading the scroll in the temple, in the synagogue, he was referring to Isaiah 61 which we all do, and we know it, and we love it, and we live in it. It's like, yes, yes, yes. But this is the fulfillment of it, because without Jesus, it would have stayed where it was. So Jesus says these words, and they're very important, because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, remember, he's reading from the Torah, and he's actually in the, um, you know, in the synagogue, so this was not well-received, right, at first. He said, because he has anointed me, to bring good news to the poor. So he's anointed to bring the good news. This is our verse because he's anointed us to step in and do the greater things that Jesus did, whatever that looks like. We have our own ideas. But he says, you will do greater things than I do because I go to the Father. Amen? So we believe it and say, I'm not Jesus, but I carry the spirit of the living God on the inside of me. I carry his resurrection power. He said these words before he died. So he's saying, this is who I am, and this is what I do, and that's it. So that's what he was telling them, and he says, he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to, another version says, heal the brokenhearted and proclaim release to the captives. Proclaim it. In other words, do something about it, not just speak. Do something about it. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you've received, now freely give. Look at these wild warriors. <laughs> oh my goodness. And recovery of sight to the blind. These are people who are blind in spirit. And you can put blind physically as well, but blind in the spirit as well. Because anyone who doesn't know Jesus has blindness. And so we're called to give the gospel, to proclaim the gospel. And in the body of Christ, some say, well, you know, some are called to sow, some are called to plant, some are called to water, some are called to harvest. There is some truth in that. But if we don't have a mindset that, Lord, I want to harvest, which he has for each one of us, then many times there's a possibility that, that we don't progress all the way to the place where the Lord says we can go. And that's where we challenge each other here because we call ourselves, we see ourselves as planters, as sowers, as harvesters, as waterers. And many times you can go from zero to 60 in just a few minutes. And we've seen that happen with many people getting saved, healed, and delivered very quickly. And others, it takes a while. But we have the mentality or want to that we're harvesters. So we're here for the long haul, and we want to see the rest of this, which is to set free those who are oppressed. And as you heard Peter say, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Amen? So the Lord's calling us to set the captives free. That's what Jesus did. 
And he said, I'm not just doing this. I'm not going to the cross just so you can be set free in general. Just receive me and live a mediocre life. No. He said, you're going to do what I'm telling you to do because I'm sending you. And you can spend your life going in circles and not seeing yourself as a sent one. And that's unfortunate because when you get to heaven someday, well, I'm going to stand there and look at you and say, what did you think of my scriptures? Uh, I watered. Okay, what else? He already knows, but it's not like this. It's with the Father's heart, with the Father's love, because our Father is holding his arms out like this, saying, come to me. And so Jesus only did what he heard his Father say. And he only, he listened to what, he spoke what the Father spoke to him, and then he actually, you know, walked it out. And so he says, if you will do the same in heart, spend time with me, you will go to the nations in your heart, maybe physically, maybe with your monies, whatever it would be. But you will have a global mindset because Jesus did. So if we're full of Jesus, that's where we go in our heart. Show me, Lord. And many times we're so busy trying to take care of our own or our own issues, if you, w if you will, that we, we miss that part. And what people don't understand is that while we're getting healed, while we're getting free, while we're getting released of trauma, all the things that we, we hear about, know about, and maybe have connection with, the Lord says, there's still somebody standing next to you that needs Jesus. What are you going to do? In the midst of what you're facing, in the midst of the circumstances, in the midst, as Pastor Samuel said, of going through hell, watching his whole ministry seemingly implode. But the Lord said, no, it's not going to happen. Just stay where you are. Stay in your lane. Watch what I do. Same for Pastor Benjamin. Stay where you are. Stay in your lane. Watch what I do in the middle of great persecution. So maybe we're feeling persecuted today. Maybe we're feeling weak today. Maybe we're feeling overwhelmed today. Maybe we want our circumstances to change today. This is our answer. His name is Jesus. And it's not just a phrase. Jesus! It's reality. So when we go to him and we humble ourselves, he says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up in due time. So humility is, is key in this hour to humble ourselves in front of Jesus. Because earlier today I was saying, seek ye first, you guys know the scripture in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom, not our opinion of the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything will be added unto you. That doesn't mean righteousness wasn't part of the deal. That's part of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is in hand. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? So why righteousness there? Because the Lord is saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness, which means he's emphasizing it. Seek me in the area of righteousness and everything else will be added to you, everything. So if the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, then the Lord says, I have given you, I have cloaked you in righteousness Understand it. 
If we humble ourselves and say, here's my life, I surrender to you, I give you my heart, my life, I'm not holding anything back, do you know that the Lord will set us free? You know that the Lord, he hates trauma, he hates oppression, he hates sin, because that's why he went to the cross. But he wants to open our minds so that we will agree, because all of it is unrighteousness that I just mentioned. So he says, seek first the kingdom of God. So Lord, I want your kingdom in my life. I want you, you are the kingdom. I'm not just seeking joy, I'm not seeking peace, which are Jesus and the spirit of the living God. What he says is seek first the kingdom, the fullness of Jesus Christ and righteousness, which means right standing, right living, know why he died, know what sin is, be convicted of unrighteousness as sin. Anything that is separate from the love of the Father is unrighteous. Do you see that? He says anything. Jesus was never unrighteous. Our God-man living on this earth, never. So he says, seek me, I'm the kingdom. So if we don't understand the kingdom of God, how can we progress? We'll just do good Christian things. So the Lord is saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay? So turn in your Bibles to Matthew 10. We're going to look at verse 1 and then 7 and 8. So Matthew 10, Jesus says, oh, check, wait, put that back up, would you? Hang on. Put that picture back up. This was given to us by a pastor friend of ours who had just gone to um, Israel and gave us a picture of this. I loved it. I kept looking at it this morning. And one of the people in Israel, in Jerusalem, was um, selling these pictures, or, you know, selling their wares or whatever. So it was a photograph, I guess. And so look at that. That is the truth. That is the Lion of Judah. This is over Jerusalem. We're going to put the picture, I think I brought it with me today. We're going to put it back on the table for the Israel table back here. But the Lord is saying, I want you to see that I am the Lion of Judah and I'm roaring and I'm going to restore your roar. If you're not roaring for me, you will be because I will have my way. But I, this is who I am. So you need to seek first the kingdom. That's for every person. That's for everyone who needs to be delivered. That's for everyone who is oppressed. This is the same message. Oh, that's not sensitive. It totally is sensitive because it's the truth. And the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But it might take two years or five years. Well, maybe it doesn't need to. Maybe if we're filled with the Holy Ghost and that we are filled with the same power Jesus said is available to us, that what we do, what we say, will have the dramatic effects on people and we can shorten their trauma and shorten their oppression. We can be used that way. But if we don't believe it, understand it, we won't be used to our full capacity. When we see the Lion of Judah, not just over Jerusalem, but over Stark County, over Summit County, over Ohio, over the United States, this way, it changes the way we think, it changes what we do, and we will become less full of ourselves by humbling ourselves, 
under his mighty hand. That's for me. That's for you. It is just the truth. He's so good. So in 2023, as we're looking at who we are, standing in the gap for those who need Jesus so badly, he's saying, I want you to understand what I've done for you. I want you to know what it means in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. To, when the gospel is laid out of what I've done for you, I want you to understand what it means when you're seated in heavenly places, when you're having encounters with me, when you see yourself as part of the kingdom and you're ascending and descending with the Lord. I want you to do this, see yourself that way, and then do the works of the kingdom while you're here. That's what I believe. That's what we hope everyone will move and believe in even more. I want to believe more of that myself. So I love that. When I was in the Netherlands this summer, I had a vision, actually, of Jesus as similar to the Lion of Judah. But he was right above the, the very big auditorium that we were in. And the, the whole roof, ceiling, roof, and everything pulled back. And it was like, ah! The power and the presence was so strong in this meeting we were in. And I see him, and it's like, ah! And then he got bigger. And then he was over nations. He took me up. And he's over the nations in Europe where we were. And then he showed, he was, well, first he was over that area. Then he was over all of Rotterdam. And then he was over the nations. And it was like, Lord, whatever it is, let it be done unto me according to your word. Let it be. And I'm getting blasted with fire in my body that took me to the ground. And it was like, I don't see you as who you are. You're so much bigger. You're so much bigger. We have our plans, but you're so much bigger. So help me, help me walk in the bigger plans of yours that I, I can see myself as you see me. So when I'm talking to someone who doesn't get it at all or they're oppressed, they're going to see the glory on my face. They're going to see the glory on your face. They're going to carry what we have, and that's our intent, that we're going to blast them with our mouth, our eyes, our love, our face, because we're carrying the glory of the Lion of Judah and the risen lamb who was slain. Amen? That's our goal. As we love the Father, our Father in heaven says, that's my son in whom I'm well pleased. Do what he says. Be who he says, and don't hold back. This is the year I believe that we are not holding back in any way, shape, or form. There's a roar in me I don't think I've had before. And it's come with a lot of pain and a lot of sorrow and a lot of difficulty. But it has produced in me a mighty roar that will never stop. And it will increase in this season. I know that because he's speaking to me. So I just wanted you to see that and then... Put that scripture up if you would. This is Matthew 10, 1. First one. Yeah, we want the first one first, if we can. Thank you. But is Jesus commissioning his disciples? I'll get it if you... If it's, okay. So Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority. I want you to say the word authority. I want you to say the word again with 
everything inside of you that you mean it. When you hear the word authority, it means something, it's weighty. So say the word authority. authority. Thank you. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits. I would venture a comment, a guess, that most of us do not believe that. We don't believe. We don't believe that we have the authority. Or if we're in gatherings in different places and we speak about this, we just kind of say, you know, we have the authority. And the enemy goes, yeah, that's how much authority they really think they have. But when we know his authority, when we understand what this means and the weight of it, we will act like we are people in authority. We won't just give a testimony of something good that happened on Friday night. We will live like that when we're going off to, to our, our businesses, to our schools, to our workshops, whatever it is, as people under authority. And it doesn't matter what happens because we're doing what we're doing. And as we are there, we are, in, we were responsible to change the atmosphere of wherever we are and to make the gospel of the kingdom known in any way that we can because we've been given authority. If we don't know that, we don't understand that, I can't convince you of it, but it's a reality. It's a kingdom reality. The Lord says, if you will stand on this, you and your family will stand on this. Everything's going to change for you. We don't know how long it's going to take, but the Lord says you stand in that authority. And the things that maybe you haven't been able to do, willing to do, that seemingly has taken a long time, they're going to start to change. They're going to start to open up. Because why? Because we start to mature. And then we go to the Lord and we say, I believe this. I want you to increase my belief, Lord. And he says, good, I want to increase your humility, humble yourself. And when you're in my word and you're sensitive then to what's going on, because you carry that authority, you will act. I know the people who have authority in here and respond to me. Many people do not care, to, they don't care to respond because I know my authority. And I know that I do have this authority over unclean spirits, over Jezebels, over Ahab, over Leviathan. And the enemy says, be careful. I'm going to get you. The Lord says, be careful. Don't think that way. Okay? Because the Lord wants us to know that in 2023, he's, got, he's given us so much artillery in the spirit. If we don't use it, we're foolish. If we don't take the time to see that our weapons are not, the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And he says, you are the ones who will demolish anything that rises up against the knowledge of God. And if anyone's around you and you just don't want to hurt their feelings, you, you better be filled with the gospel of the kingdom so that they will be loosed, so that they will be able to fulfill the function that God has for their life. And God's giving that to us. Amen? So Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out to, let me say it again, cast them out, cast them out, cast them out. How many of us could actually say, 
I've been casting out demons. Well, I go to my prayer closet and I intercede. Good. How many of us have been casting demons out of the people that are around us? Think about that. If the Lord puts that as a priority here, I've given them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and heal every kind of sickness or disease and every kind of sickness. I, I, as a new Christian, when I found this verse, I thought, what's that mean? <laughs> and I've seen that play out in my life. Some seasons stronger than the other. And this is another season. And it's very strong. And a lot of people maybe wouldn't care about that or like that. But it doesn't matter. Because Jesus says, I've given you authority. This is to the disciples. And Jesus is still here. This is crazy. And they couldn't do everything, right? But he still taught them and he still used them. So Jesus summoned his 12 disciples, gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. That means we cast them out. That means that we do something. We don't keep having meetings for a year or two or three. We're so conditioned to our training ways that we don't see that when the Lord gives us discerning of spirits, we'll be able to understand and see and cast out. Honestly, let this provoke you. Get mad at me if you want. But I'm here to say that in 2023, that every person in here who carries any kind of demon in any way, it will be loosed off of you. It will be removed. Anyone who's watching online, I am telling you, as you tune in, that is going to happen to you. Because we are gentle and meek and mild, but filled with the power of God to be able to see what the problem is and do something about it. Some have been walking in circles, trying to find their way. The Lord says, this is the way. This is the way. Step into who you are and who you've been created to be even more. So when you're in the back praying here for 100 hours of worship and prayer, there may be people who come in here that carry demons, real demons. These are entities, right? And we're going to take steps to help people. I don't go up to people and say, you've got a demon. I have done that, and I will do that. I'm saying in every situation. I'm just saying that we have to be aware. And then we need God's way and plan to get rid of the demon. There are demons that are real and affecting the body of Christ, and, and, the, and the enemy's just laughing, going, they don't even know how to get rid of me. <laughs> that's, that's it. But let's say that we go after Jesus with everything in our heart. Amen? So Jesus summoned his 12 disciples, gave them authority over unclean spirits, cast them out, heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. That's good enough for me. Let's go to seven and, seven and eight, I believe it is. Put those up. Now, these are not unfamiliar. We've had these straight and forward in, in this house. And this doesn't mean, well, is she saying we don't worship? Is, is she saying we're not supposed to be pleading the blood? Is she saying this, this isn't intercession? No. This is foundational for everything. Because of the blood, because of Jesus, we're here and we're able to worship. We worship him and he fights our battles. But he says, I fight your battles because I'm the power. But I'm going to use you, I'm going to use you to take back what the enemy has stolen. 
and as an enforcer of the gospel of the kingdom so that he's not able to get into your house and get into your camp and get into your family. He's gotten into our family and house and camp before, and I'm not happy about it. So this mama's roaring. I'm just saying to you, that's our posture. It's got to be our posture. Completely like, no, because of what he has said, okay? So as you go, preach, saying, as you go, preach. As you go, preach. Jesus preached the good news. As you go, our life is a message. So we're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. As you go, that means you can't stay in your prayer closet, okay? And I have a prayer closet, many. So I'm praying and interceding and fasting and serious, but I'm going. So you take what the Lord gives you in that intimacy and you go. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of God is at hand. That means that we are so filled with the kingdom of God, Jesus himself, that these are our marching orders. You want to know the will of God? There you go, right there. Want to know the will of God? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. That's what the Bible says in Romans 14, 17. Okay? As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Next verse, please. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. Freely you've received, so freely give. When's the last time we've cleansed the lepers? When's the last time we've healed the sick? When's the last time we've raised the dead? And when's the last time we've cast out demons? And what are we going to do about that in this season? This is, this is God's way. As you go, preach the kingdom. Are we going to go look for the lepers? Well, we have done that. We've been to... India and prayed over the lepers, and we have seen leprosy stop. We've seen a lot of things, but not enough yet. So there's got to be that go in our heart and in intercession. Go. And I want to see demons cast out of people. As Pastor Benjamin said, this woman was manifesting to draw attention to herself, and he's over on the side praying because he had already released the fullness of the power and the enemy was just being stubborn at that moment, trying to raise attention. And he was saying, finish it, Jesus. You already are here. Okay? He had already prayed for the demonic, prayed for healing. And it's like, wow. We don't understand. When we are, when we are standing for justice, the justice of God, righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. In Psalm 89, 14. I believe it's 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. And if you take that into Revelation and you also see the rest of his throne, you'll see faithfulness and truth because the throne isn't just on two legs, okay? But the foundation is righteousness and justice. So when we stand for righteousness and we stand for justice, 
It's Jesus justice. It's biblical justice. It's not injustice. It's not just doing good things. It's not just rescuing people. It's rescuing people biblically. It's getting the heart of Jesus and not standing for something that is unholy or profane. No, no mixture, but somehow working with people. That's the tap dance. But God gives it to us, right? Because righteousness is on God's mind. Righteousness. Any sin in our life is unrighteousness. That gives the enemy a legal right to hit us, to steal, to kill, destroy. Simple. And the Lord makes it simple for us so that we will go and get to know him and bow ourselves to him, bow down to him. We're going to show, I I think it's January 28th or 29th, Help me, Ash. Nifento. And this is a documentary that Iris Global put out. It's going to be on a Tuesday. Oh, 31st. We're just getting, we're just talking to Iris right now. We're Iris affiliates. We're connected in and work a lot with them. And we think it's going to be the 30th. And it's about a 50-minute documentary of what's going on in, in north of Pemba with the war where people are being hacked and obliterated, babies are being cut out of wombs, women are being raped, children are not in here, so I'm saying all this, and people are watching their beloved husband or wife be beheaded, villages are being burned, it's not pretty at all. That's been going on for a long time. So some friends did a documentary, and we're going to show it on a Tuesday night here, and we pray that you come. And we went out, I went down to a gathering that was in Tennessee with Irish people in the fall. And the first day I was there, went out to lunch with one of the the spiritual sons of Heidi and Roland and a really cool guy. And I just found out in the car that some of his own family members, like five, four, five or so, were just hacked up in little pieces in front of people. Now, you know, we cringe when we hear this, but that's the reality of war and evil. That's what we're fighting. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. So the enemy can just hide the way that he manifests himself so we can't see him here in America. Just get him some mental help. They'll be okay. Keep him on anxiety medication for a while. And it's the spirit of fear. You see? The Lord wants us to see what's really going on. So... Anyway, with this young man, Antonio, he's, we're very close, and he and I had some very special time in worship when I was there, and he, um, I had a prophetic word for him about what God, through this suffering, what God was going to do through him with the powers that be in that region and wherever else God takes them around the world. And it was straight from the throne room, this prophetic word. You know, the enemy comes against prophetic and apostolic ministries. And he hides and tries to make himself look like something that looks great. But if there's any lack of obedience in people, the enemy has a right to come and hit and bring division or pain or suffering. The Lord says, I come to bring unity in your fellowships here. So when people come in, they will be delivered even more. But today, we're going to have an opportunity for that. So heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you've received, now freely give. Amen? So let's turn in our Bibles to 
Matthew 9. We'll put the Matthew 9 scripture up. Are you liking this? This helpful? If not, lie to me. So, <laughs> just kidding. People who say, "What'd you say?" <laughs> okay, Matthew nine. Got the scripture up there. Did I give you the actual verses, Andy? I, yes, I have Mark 9, but didn't I have Matthew as well? What did I give you? Oh, I have Mark 9 and then Mark 5. Okay, sorry about that. Go to, let's do that. Let's go to Matthew 17. Okay, th- this is really cool. Um, we're we're going to touch on three different places where Jesus came on the scene to bring deliverance. I would say that's probably the weakest area for Christians. You know, I can lay hands on the sick and they get recovered and, and you know, I, I'm getting a little stronger in that. You think about that for yourself. But casting out demons or people getting delivered, oh, that's for PMP, that's for Cynthia, that's for Pastor Bill, that's for whomever. No, 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 no. Th- these are marching orders for all of us, okay? Because this is the kingdom of God. So, in Matthew 17... Jesus had just been transfigured. I'm not going to spend much time on that. But he was, he was on the mountain, and, and the Bible in different translations talks about him shining like the sun. Other translations, when you really dig into it, say he was like lightning. Can you imagine lightning flashing? So Jesus had lightning all around him, not to devour him, but to glorify him. And people saw that. And his people still had kind of an odd response once they came to themselves. We're not going to go through that right now. You can read it in 1 through 13. But in 14, right after that, now remember, this is about the power in the presence. So strong, nothing stronger with the manifestation of Jesus that way other than the transfiguration that we're aware of while he was on this earth. So the demoniac, it says in verse 14, when they came to the crowd, a man uh, came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him, saying, So the man came to Jesus. This is right after the transfiguration. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So it's at this place now that the demon has overtaken him where he cannot control what he's doing. Once, years ago, long before Frontline, just when I first got saved, Um, I was going out with uh, Pastor Ken Martin, and he was the overseer of what then was Maslin Christian, no, Maslin State Hospital, and then it became Heartland. And he told me, and he had been the counseling pastor there for 40 years, and he told me that the majority of people, more than the majority, about 96 to 98 percent of the people are in there because of offense, okay, losing their minds and whatever else, offense and unforgiveness, that no one had helped them up to that point or they resisted it, I don't know. But the enemy came in and took their faculties. So they didn't even know what they were doing and they had to be put somewhere. That's a big percentage if you think about it. And 
I'll never forget that. And we had a ministry there for years after he passed, even before he passed away. We may go back there. They've closed it off for now, but we'll see. But anyway, he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Now listen to Jesus' response. This man did the right thing. Hey, there's those guys that hang out with Jesus. Do something. And they couldn't do anything. Jesus said, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how shall I, how shall I be with you? How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Does that sound mean? Jesus is never mean. But he's talking to people. He cares so much for the people who are hurting, lost, and oppressed. He's saying, I'm going to show you how to do something, and this is what you need to do, and that's part of it. But he says, unbelieving. So we're not believing, perhaps, at least in this case. And Jesus rebuked him. And the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Now, that's one step. I like that. That's really good. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? And he said, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, does it say littleness? Yes. I have it so underlined and marked up and smudged. It's amazing. So that's why I'm looking at it here. I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Either Jesus meant that or he didn't, but he did, and it's the truth. And he says, it's going to cost you something. I'm going to the cross. It's going to cost me my entire life to lay down my, my body, my blood, to be raised up, to give you the ability to do what I came to do. I took the keys of the kingdom back, right, from the devil, but I give them to you. So see what you can do in my name through your intercession, through your fasting. See yourself as one who has this great authority. And then he says, which I love, and this needs to be resurrected. It's not just for Lou Engel to lead us and go, wow, let's go pray and fast. Let's go do this with a group for a meeting. No, the Lord is saying you will live a fasted lifestyle. We're studying the book of Daniel and using, using Ben's materials, Ben Atkinson's materials and, and such. And Ben lives that kind of life, a fasted lifestyle, a Daniel lifestyle. And we're called to do that because Jesus says in 21, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There's the solution right there. So it's never just keeping us from doing something. The Lord says, what's your prayer life looking like? Well, I don't have to be like somebody else. The Lord is saying, what's your intercession and prayer like looking like? Are you using the fullness of the keys that I make available to the body of Christ. Are you fasting? Are you praying? And, and if we don't have a very powerfully strong believing spirit, we could enter into condemnation. And the Lord says, why are you condemned? I just spoke to you, O ye of little faith. I just spoke to you, and I told you, and I gave you the solution. So if you will live that solution, things will change, and you will do 
what I've told you you can do. And it's hard, especially if we're not in shape, physical shape. It's really hard to fast. So fasting can be part of getting us in physical shape so that we can endure. So we have to take these steps because Jesus said so. Not because I'm saying, I'm reading what the word of God says. Thank you, Jesus. This kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. He's talking about casting out demons. He's talking about the place in the spirit that we want to be, that this is for every person in here. This is part of your DNA, part of your flow, part of your function, part of your call, not for somebody else. If there's area of really strong belief and we can lead worship, we can drive a bus, we can do all these things, we leave casting out demons to somebody else, we've missed the memo. Jesus was not qualifying this. Jesus said, this is the solution. And he says, as you go, preach the gospel of the kingdom. Amen? Isn't this good? And while they were partnering, gathering together in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of man, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were deeply grieved. So he gives the fullness of them. He's saying, look, I want you to pay attention to my words because I'm going bye-bye. And I'll send the comforter, and he'll be just like me, but he'll say the same thing. So the Spirit of God inside says the same thing. It's not just Jesus' words before he went to the cross. No. It's the Spirit of the living God saying the same thing inside of us. You want to be powerful, using and stepping into the most power and most authority given to man. Then step in and follow his ways. And watch what he will do. There are many people oppressed. Many people that have unclean spirits. Many people that need to be delivered. And we go year after year after year after year, praying and praying and praying, not seeing results. Well, part of that can be our own condition, or it can also be the fact that the Lord is saying, I'm increasing intercession for the weight of this problem, and you better be part of it. But if you're so concerned about your own world and life, you won't be part of it. But I want you to be part of it. So some people's deliverance can be delayed because of our inability to get past our own stuff. That's scary to think about. I absolutely bank my life on that. I believe, I know and believe that that's true. Okay, let's go to um, Mark 5. And then we'll pray. This is about the Gadarene or Gerasene demoniac in Mark 5. It says that they came uh, to the other side of the sea in the country of the Gerasenes. When Jesus, when he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with chains. They didn't have legends. They didn't have, uh, um, what's it called, heartland. They didn't have the tolerance, if you will. You either were walking with the purity of let's go forward or you're not. And if you're not, the enemy is going to take you down, 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 down until people can see it. And they go, whoa, this guy's crazy. He's having convulsions. He's, he's laying down. He's being thrown into the fire or whatever it would be. 
but it's really nasty. He's having, he's having moments. What are moments? The Lord is saying, I'm going to teach you how to see with discerning eyes, but then how to know what to do with it. And I'm going to expand the intercession necessary to bring deliverance. I believe that. And what he says here is because um, he had been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, day and night, he was screaming among the tombs and the mountains and making and uh, gnashing himself with stones. Seeing Jesus at a distance, get this, seeing Jesus at a distance, he ran up and he bowed down before him, and shouting with a loud voice, he said, what business do we have with each other, Jesus, son of God? I implore you, God, by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So demons are tortured when we show up, okay? We're like exterminators. And when we show up, people get nervous who carry demons, or they don't like us, or they agitate, or they, they start getting, they, they don't want to be around us, or whatever it would be. They don't want to hear the message. They cover their ears. They don't respond. And the demons will get stronger and stronger and stronger until they're permitted to destroy completely because that's what they want to do. It's like, oh. So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's say those words. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's going to steal our peace, steal our joy, steal our finances, kill, and destroy. The woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, when she came to Jesus, she had lost all of her finances. She's declared unclean because she's bleeding for 12 years. Family can't be around her. Affected her intimacy if she was married and, you know, all. Everything was horrible. She, her mind was affected. Her emotions were affected. Her finances were affected. She had given up, and she realized that Jesus was her hope. Now, he's walking around on this earth, so... He's saying to us, listen, he lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit. Don't wait 12 years. Go find that person and see what you're supposed to do. If you don't know how, get freer yourself and start getting into this so that you will say, Lord, I want to know how to remove demons through my intercession, through my wailing, through my groaning in tongues. Yes, but when I'm with people, give me what I need to do next because I want to see them, just like Luke 4, 18 and 19. And Shannon, that's your call. That is the call on your life. You will go around the world, and you will proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to set the captives free. That is coming for you, and the Lord is just letting me say that to you to encourage your heart. So moving on here. Constantly, it says, seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and still bowed down before him. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, which I've already read, what business do you have? <clears throat> For Jesus had been saying, come out of him. And he was asking, what is your name? And he said, my name is Legion, for we are many, many demonic spirits in this man who had unclean spirit. So Jesus didn't name them all. Demon, Jesus said, come out of the man, unclean spirit. 
But the power and presence was theirs and there. And sometimes we do have to address certain things because that shows that we have the knowledge to them at that time. The Lord may do it that way. He may not. This isn't just for mission training weekend, which we go through when we go overseas. This is for us day to day. This is for our life for 2023. <clears throat> and he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. And of course, he uh, says there was a large herd of swine nearby in the mountain. The demons implored him saying, um, send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Demons enter people. Yes, they do. Jesus gave them permission. So everything is by permission. Amen? And coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine. The herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. And the herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus, observed the man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind, and the very man who had the legion, and they became frightened. Those had, oh, what does it say? What is 16? I have it all marked up. Those had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man and all about the swine. And they began, they began to implore him to leave the region. So these were people who had demons going, you got to get out of here because the spirit of fear is demonic, okay? People on anxiety and filled with anxiety and constant anxiety, it's demonic. Won't have many doctors that say that, but it is the truth. So how do we deal with that? That's the key. How do we deal with that? So we're not going to go any, you can read the rest of that because I quickly want to touch on the last passage, if you will. So if you can put the last one up, that would be great. <clears throat> okay. Mark nine, fourteen through twenty nine. All right, did I go through this? Okay, Mark 9, 14 through 29. I want to end on this because the scripture says, with God all things are possible. And that's what the angel was talking to Mary about, right? In Luke chapter 1, we just finished Christmas. With God all things are possible. Well, here it is again, dealing with the demonic area. It says, when they came back to the disciples, this is verse 14, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. Immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. And they asked him, what are you discussing with them? Amen. <clears throat> and one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I, I brought you my son, possessed with a spirit that makes him mute. He can't speak. Why not? Does he have epilepsy or something? What kind of spirit? What's going on? And whenever it seizes him, because the spirits can seize people, it slams him to the ground and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out and they couldn't do it. So this is a similar passage. Um, 
to what we've read. And he answered them and said, O unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall I put up with, with you? Bring him to me. Our kind Jesus, who is never mean, who is very direct, who has these kinds of things in here so that we will be shaken up and go, whoa, what does he mean by that? They brought the boy to him. When he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion. Mm. And falling to the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Can you imagine all that time and no one was able to or knew what to do? And so you get this desperate father saying, I, I asked the boys, they couldn't do it. Will you please tell me? There are people in here who have friends that they've been ministering to, but you've not stepped into the fact that there are demons operating, and you, you can, and you need to do that because that will bring them into freedom. This boy couldn't do anything. He didn't come and give his life to Jesus Christ at that point. They brought the boy to him, and when he saw him, how long is this? Sorry, I just read that. 22. And it, often, it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Can I read that again? It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. You know what Jesus' response was, verse 23? If you can... If I were Jesus, would I say that? Would you say that? If you can? If you can? Do you know who you're talking to? If you can. All things are possible to him who believes. I hang my life on that verse and a few others so that I will stay in belief, believing for things in my life that I want to see. If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, help my unbelief. Well, you know what? You know, you help unbelief, you confess it as sin. And you say, it's sin, it's unrighteousness, so I'm not stepping in, so forgive me, Lord. I want to walk in belief. I want to spend time with you. I want to pray. I want to intercede. I want to fast. I want to recognize what's going on in the spirit so I don't react in the spirit, but I respond in the spirit. This could be the people closest to you carrying demons. Honestly. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you deaf and mute spirit, I command you. So I rebuke you, and I command you, come out of him, and do not enter him again. When's the last time we've done that for someone who has cancer? When's the last time that we, we recognize that many of the things that we see as just these terrible diseases are rooted in the demonic or mental illnesses? When's the last time we've recognized and then we've been willing to do... To, to go ahead and pray and ask and, and ask the Lord why it's not working if they say, no, please don't pray for me. After crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him and he got up. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Mm. 
When he came to the house, his disciples began questioning him privately. Why could we not drive it out? And Jesus said, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. But prayer, biblical prayer, includes fasting. It just does. We cannot pray and intercede and never fast. It doesn't work. We will have little power that comes out of us. The Lord says, I want you to be in full power, in full authority, so when you see there are things here that you'll take some action and you'll know how. Amen? Isn't it simple? When we lay it out in Scripture, the Lord is just saying, what are you willing to do? What cost are you willing to pay? Because you're so in love with Jesus. We're all in love with Jesus in this house. Everybody here, I believe you wouldn't be here. Who wants to listen to a message like this? If you don't want Jesus or know Jesus, or if you're not in love with Jesus, you will be because the Lord brought you here to lay it all down so you will know Jesus and bring him in as your first love and quit messing around because the enemy's after you. And he's after all of us. And I'm not afraid of, oh, and we aren't either. And we concentrate and we worship our king. Oh, the Lord will fight my battles. Yes, he's saying, do what you're supposed to do. I'm the one who gives you the power. So we walk together. There was a lady whose husband was the major, and still is, the major influence in one of the favelas in, in Brazil that we minister in. And her husband was the, and is, well, ex-husband now. <laughs> He's got like 30-some children. But uh, the wife of the original children, she wanted Jesus. And I was in her house with her sister there. And her husband is the, um, the drug lord of the entire region. And I'd given him the gospel numerous times, and he likes me, likes Pastor Bill, and he's just like, oh, Mary. Uh. And I said, you better turn, because if not, you'll be going to prison. He goes, ah, I'm not going to go to prison. The next day, they came and took him to prison. So there's a place for a strong prophetic word, and the Lord puts it on your heart. And... What I found is that this lady looked at me and she goes, I just can't. I just can't. I want to, but I can't. And I said, I said to her, I said, just, I'm going to pray over your mind. And I believe when I'm finished praying over your mind, she's looking right in my eyes, that you will be able to receive Jesus. She said, okay. So she had all her mental reasons of why she couldn't. She's married to the drug lord. And he was the uh, king of voodoo. He had a voodoo shrine and building behind his house as well for the whole region. And now he's running from everybody. He's not to be found, kind of. But we still talk. Just telling. He's still alive. But he's not saved yet. He will be. So I prayed. I put my hand on this lady at that time because it was okay. I'm, I'm there with her. And I said, let me do this for you. And you will respond when I put my hand on hers many years ago, and I said many things, and I was praying in tongues as well, and what I saw were bats leaving her brain, leaving her mind. I saw it in the spirit. It's like, that's really weird. I didn't tell her that. Well, I saw the bats. I just said, so are you ready to pray? Jesus wants to make himself known. And she goes, yes, I am. I don't know why, but yes, let's do that. So she got saved, her sister got saved, and at the same time, Pastor Jerseo was in the voodoo shrine building thing, and he was bringing 
salvation to the, uh, I think it was one of the, the smaller children, younger children, okay, that was of the drug ward. So we're going to pray right now, and it's 1 o'clock, and it's late, and oh man, sorry about that, guys, but we're going to pray because I think the enemy has shaken up a few things. Uh, excuse me, the Lord has shaken up a few things, <laughs> and the enemy doesn't like it. So if you're able to, just stay. And I'm just going to ask uh, somebody who can get on the keys. Jamie's going to help pray with me here. So somebody else who can get on the keys up here. And we're going to pray right now. For those of you who want to know more about this subject, it's not a subject, but about stepping into this. If you want more from the Lord, like, I need to understand. I want to go into this. I want to experience you in this way. I want to be more active in the spirit. I don't want to draw my own conclusion. I want to hear what you have to say about this, Lord Jesus, because I can't cover every but what if, but what if, but what if up here. So I beg that you don't take and twist any words in Jesus' name because I'm giving to you what I believe the Lord's giving me to give. There's many different ways and things to talk about, but we can't do that in an hour. Really, just if this is the desire of your heart, that, Lord, two desires. One, I want to be as free as I possibly can. And two, I want to know everything there is to know about this. Those are the desires. If that's you, close your eyes. Just put your hand in the air because I don't care. This is really from the Lord. The Lord will see you. If you want to be free, and you want to know everything that God wants you to know about this. Put your hand up high for the, for the Lord to see. That's it. The Lord is looking, not me. This is not for, for PMP. This is for, for the Lord to see your heart because he's here right now. He's here right now. He's here right now. Ashley, can you play in the keys? He's here right now, and he's saying, this is your moment. This is your moment to say yes and amen. This is your moment. Focus on what the Holy Spirit's saying and doing right now. This is your moment to say, Jesus, I'm serious. Lord, I want to be free. If that's you, put your hand in the air, please. Please. Because if the enemy has you, he doesn't want you to put your hand in the air. That's the honest to God truth. This is not for me. This is for you. The Lord says to you today, my beloved, that you will be fully free. You will be set free. There's a process for you, but today you can experience the fullness and the freedom of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in this area. The Lord says, I have baptized you with Holy Spirit and power. And for those who are not, you will be. And the Lord says, I will do this for you and I will use you to set others free. There will be a new place in my domain, in the dominion of the Most High God that you will understand and you will walk in and you will be free. So right now, if that's you, you've already said yes to Jesus. You don't have to come up right now. Just say yes to Jesus. And if there's any unclean spirit in you at all, and the Lord knows what that is. He knows what it is. He knows everything where you're going in circles. He knows in Jesus' name, you want to cast out that unclean spirit right now. So I say this to you in Jesus' name. Let's say it as an entire body right now. Everybody. Father, I believe your words today. 
and I command every unclean spirit to come out of me in Jesus name I separate myself from any unclean spirit in Jesus mighty name I separate myself from any unrighteousness in Jesus powerful name cover me with your blood forgive me of my sin and set me free now I'm gonna speak over you father in the mighty name of Jesus for everyone who spoke that out where that's appropriate for them I release in Jesus name the spirit of forgiveness the spirit of cleanliness the spirit of truth and the spirit of freedom over their lives in Jesus name I thank you Lord for that for the first and beginning step I thank you Holy Spirit you are so good father I thank you that they separate themselves from that and they are gonna trust you to finish the work in their lives in Jesus mighty name thank you Lord I'm gonna invite Jamie to come up here she doesn't have to re-explain anything that I've said but I'm gonna ask her to pray over you right now anybody that would have any kind of tendency in them that is not godly okay we're not gonna name every spirit right here we will in this place but right now with the time and such I'm gonna ask her to pray about anything that's been plaguing us because if we don't believe that there are spirits that can afflict us and affect us then they will continue to afflict and affect us and it's hard to get free so by the blood of Jesus we're gonna pray one more time so lift your hands in the air right now everybody that's it and some of us might be carrying Leviathan we might be carrying Ahab we might be carrying Jezebel we might be carrying all kinds of things that are around fear okay we might have so much sadness in our heart because we've experienced loss and there's a spirit of grief that wants to plague us and wants to keep us from moving forward we're gonna pray to set the captives free right now and there are other things and that's what this prayer is right now so just keep your hands in the air it's for everybody thank you holy one that you're sanctifying us Lord father I thank you for your sanctification that's taking place right now because of your blood Jesus because of your blood Lord because you are powerful Lord your love is powerful father and we thank you Lord for the clean sweep that you are bringing in this place father as we sit as we receive as we look upon you as we look upon the finished work of the cross Lord we thank you Jesus for your blood Lord we thank you father that it's breaking off father every tormenting spirit father every afflicting spirit that has plagued us that has plagued our minds that has messed with our minds and brought confusion Lord God and has brought uh, anger father and anxiety and fear in Jesus name I thank you that it's broken off father we just thank you Lord that that in the spirit we're dismantling father the powers Lord and that you are setting us free you are setting each one free in the name of Jesus Christ 
thank you, Lord God, that all unholy soul ties, Father God, in Jesus' name are being broken off by the power of your blood right now in the name of Jesus. Every unhealthy and unholy soul tie is being broken off in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every infirming spirit, Lord, Father, that has plagued bodies, Father, places where it's hidden or it's gone to another location in the body, and we seem we can't seem to get free but it's one thing after another one sickness after another father i thank you that you're breaking that off right now in the name of jesus by the power of your blood by the power of the authority that you've given us thank you holy spirit thank you jesus thank you that you're unraveling minds that have been tangled lord god thank you jesus thank you lord Thank you, Father, that you are setting the mind straight, Lord, that you are giving a clear mind, a, a sound mind. Father, not, not bound, Lord, in anxiety, not bound, Lord, but you're unbinding right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Every wicked and unholy thing, Lord God, that we've entertained, Lord, with our eyes, we've entertained with our ears, we've entertained with our thoughts or with our bodies, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your forgiveness, Lord God, as we step in and we cry out to you, Lord, help our unbelief. We say this morning, we believe. We believe in the power of the cross. We believe in the power of your blood. We put our trust in Christ alone and we receive everything that you have purchased on the cross, Lord. You have crushed Satan under your feet and you are crushing every wicked and unclean spirit right now in the name of Jesus. So beloved, receive from him now. Receive from his hand. Receive from his love. Receive from heaven. Receive that which is yours. You are bought with his blood, not with your own blood. It was purchased with somebody else's blood and it's Christ Jesus who is on the scene in front of you now so grab hold of it and say it is mine it is mine it is mine because you say it is you say it is Lord so we receive now in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord Father, I thank you for everyone here receiving this today, here and online, is released from bondage, is released from torment, is released from every de demonic assault, every demonic attack. In your name, Father, in your name, we release wholeness, we release completion, we release the fullness of the power of the cross, we release the blood over each person right now beginning today new beginning new hope new hope new hope new hope thank you father that the enemy will not be permitted to steal kill and destroy any longer but there will be abundant life in each person and father thank you that the steps that they're taking today is just the beginning and that you will fulfill everything father as you have said 
Thank you, Father, for that divine release in Jesus' name. And we send every spirit that's been on notice. We send you to the feet of Jesus. We send you there, and you will not be able to come back and torment these loved ones any longer. Thank you, Lord, that you saw the people's heart. You saw them saying, help me. You saw them taking steps. You saw them, Father, that's the cry for help. And this is the beginning if not the end to it, in Jesus' name. So we declare by the authority here in Jesus' name and the blood of Jesus and the dunamis power that's here that it is finished, it is done, in Jesus' name. Receive it by faith. Receive it by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord says, take this. Run with this. You've received today. Now give as you see people, but don't let any door that's been opened remain open because today the door has been shut by Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Lord, the doors are shut by the Lord, you, Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' powerful, powerful name. If you need additional prayer, please come up and the rest. God bless you all. But if you'd like additional prayer for what you've received today or help, just please come up. God bless you. Thank you for staying a little bit longer than usual, a lot longer. <laughs> and God bless you all. If you want more prayer for this, just come on up. Amen. God bless you all. Just kind of keep it down a little bit because the Lord is the Lord here. And we want to uh, minister to people. So please come up if you want additional prayer. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Rach, can you come up and help? Thank you, Lord.